Welcome to LJRE Podcast, podcasting with the real estate experts. Our aim with this series of podcasts is to pull back the curtain on the real estate brokerage business and do a deep dive into who some of the unsung heroes are there out there in the business. Because brokerage sales, as we know, is a team effort, and as I like to say, it takes a village to get a deal done in this industry. So if you're investing in an income property or purchasing your first home, refinancing an existing property, researching an opportunity, or even looking to build a career in real estate, it's important to understand what all these experts really do and what they bring to the table to make it all happen. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about property inspections, probably the part of buying real estate that is the most subjective, the most stressful, and the most likely to cause delays, concerns, issues for both buyers and sellers. Inspectors are not only vital to the individual buyer, but they can be vital to the lenders and the appraisers as well. So having an incredibly thorough inspection is not only prudent, but absolutely vital so that you can obtain insurance, have it appraised at value, but so that you have absolute certainty as to what you're acquiring and what its condition is. There's a saying that we use in the real estate industry a lot, and it's caveat emptor, Latin for buyer beware, or in other words, the understanding that the buyer alone is responsible for checking the quality and suitability of goods before a purchase is made. So before you can remove your contingencies and move forwards with your purchase, you have to have a whole host of inspections. So as ever, I'll be looking at the process through the lens of wealth building in real estate. And for investors, inspections have many different ramifications and for residential owner-occupiers, but all inspections start with a relationship, a relationship with your inspector. This is one of the most important relationships you'll have during escrow. It's, uh, I can't emphasize this enough, you need to ask questions and understand what's being relayed to you. So it's incredibly important that you see eye to eye with that guy who's your inspector. So I'm very honored today to be joined by not just one, but two veterans of the inspection industry. Firstly, a man who I dare say has probably seen it all. La Rocca Inspections is definitely one of the most established, longest-running full-service inspection companies in L.A., and I'm joined by its president and founder, John La Rocca, and also Mr. Chris Griffin, who is the general manager and co-owner of La Rocca Inspections. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Hi. Good to be here. Okay, so now switching gears for a second, let's just get a bit more lighthearted, um, uh, less, less detail-oriented, and, and we'll just a bit, bit pull back for a second. So as you know, um, my company is built on these three pillars of action, community, and freedom. It's the three things that guide me both personally and professionally. Mm. Um, so, John, what three things drive you both personally and professionally, would you say? Well, it's a very philosophical question. You have to just come up with the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... Talk from the heart. Like, for, what for, drives you every honestly, day? Honestly, integrity really drives me. You know, I want to make sure that whatever I say I'm going to deliver, I deliver. 
and I perform what I say I'm going to perform. That's the integrity part of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course, coming along with that is honesty and and also good full communication. Mm-hmm. I think all those things together end up with what I would say if if you can if if you can put that together. I don't think we have a problem with anything. Whatever comes up, whether it's a question or a problem or an issue, as long as we keep our integrity in, as long as we keep our communication in, and we are honest, I think we got that covered. Wonderful. So, and and that guides you in your personal life as well. You Absolutely. Li- you live by those three tenets. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so, tell me, John, what what does an average day in the office look like for you these days? What what's your routine? <laughs> Well, my routine has gotten pretty light, quite frankly. I've turned a lot of things over to Chris because I am planning on retiring. Okay, we'll do a one-two here. So I'll ask <laughs> you first, John. So your routine, are you, are you out there mingling with clients a bit? And I do some mingling with clients. I write articles. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I get published in various uh, publications for the real estate industry. And um, do some research in terms of where, are, you know, what's going on in the industry. And, and, and that research then, of course, gets into some articles and whatnot. But... Um, that's mainly what I'm working on is just my relationship with all the people that I've been working with for years. So it's kind of the legacy stuff that, that, that you've built up and, and, you know, working on kind of making sure that, that, you know, your core message is out there. Yeah, plus I want to make sure that, that there's future for the company. You yeah. Know? I mean, I'm, just because I, I may be stepping down and, and moving away slightly, um, uh, the company is going to continue, and I've been leaving it in very good hands, quite frankly. So... So, Chris, what does your typical day look like at La Roca? Kind of really depends on what's happening in the field. Um, my typical day, I'll, I'll usually have a uh, take a meeting in the morning with my office manager. Um, oftentimes, uh, a, a portion of or the entire office staff will be there. But normally, my office manager and myself will meet in the morning, go over targets for the day, uh, targets for the week that we're looking at getting done, um, stats, you know, how many inspections are we delivering? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just really sort of a constant sort of nurturing, if you will, of the company and, and helping it grow and feeding it when it's hungry and, and pulling back when it's getting a little too fat. Right. Um, <laughs> but I mostly deal with the inspectors. Okay. Uh, that's like my main function, um, ensuring that they have the tools necessary to do their jobs, the, the, the uh, education necessary mm-hmm. to do their jobs. Um, if they have any trouble spots, uh, they will come and see me, mm-hmm. and I'll get those squared away. Um, the real estate agents and or clients uh, will call me mm-hmm. and go over a report with me. Um, sometimes my inspector's on a roof, you know, and he can't really do it, so I'll make sure that I'm available for my clients. And that's the beauty days. of having a staff at the office as well, so it's not just about, you know, guys out there running solopreneur style. You have a back office that can also answer the phone. Absolutely. You know, every one of my inspectors is actually an independent contractor. They're not my employee. Mm. So my entire office staff is there to service them as well as our public. Right. Okay, so uh, they can be on the roof, and they they know that their paperwork is basically being uh, uh, taken care of, if you will, back at the office. Right. Because that's my administrative staff. As well, if a client or an agent has a question or a trouble spot, there's always someone there answering the phone and someone to can, that can actually help with that problem and or answer that question. Got it. Um, now, it's, things seem to be changing a lot in terms of like the, the, the deal flow and how quickly things have to happen. I'm sure, listen, I'm sure it cycles and you guys have been in the business way longer than me. So, but but I've, I've 
been through a couple of cycles, but I, I am certainly seeing at this time, like there's, there's just so much more kind of like um, ducking and diving, if you like, in terms of how to get the deals done. And, and, and sometimes it seems to be more and more common now for the sellers to do some inspections prior to listing a property. Um, you know, in fact, I had Stan inspect an eight-unit building uh, for a seller of mine, and we wanted to know what improvements might need to be made or repairs that might be required before listing the property. And then, because in my mind, this way, not only would we be able to effectively show our hand for a buyer, but it would also mean that we could potentially avoid a situation where the buyer... Um, could retrade or ask for repairs because we're flagging it up up front, right? Now that seems to be quite common in the in the sort of multi-family, larger deal flow kind of stuff. But are you seeing that in the residential side as well, where ahead of time sellers are doing inspections before even listing? Occasionally, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see a either a pre-listing or a listing inspection. Occasionally, not as much to be honest with you as I'd like to see. Because I think the reasons that you just pointed out are all very, very good reasons. You, you know, I, I, I think that, that if you were to assign um, a word, if you will, or an aspect of making a transaction go smoothly, um, I would probably say that, that the most important thing is communication. Mm-hmm. And along with that, transparency, disclosure. I mean, it really, really is important. And if the seller is getting a real estate uh, inspection prior to listing or w- when it is listed, then they actually have the knowledge of what is occurring in their house. Right. You know? So they're empowered. They're empowered. They go, they go into a situation where they know what they're dealing with. Correct. They're not So they're effect. not surprised. Right. And, yeah. They're caught off guard. Or thrown right. off guard. And again, that communication sort of uh, being, you know, power or, or equaling control, if you will. Well, there's, there's a lot of power to this, too, because if, the, if the, the seller gets a good inspection by a professional company so it can be reliable, uh, they can then look at this report and decide, do I want to repair this thing, or do I just want to disclose that it needs to be repaired? Or, indeed, you could, you could actually like, specify or target your pricing based on the, exactly. the inspections that you've so, done. So you, so you know that the roof is shot, so you're going to say, well, let's discount the price $15,000, $20,000, which will make it more appealing anyway. Yes. Right, and the key, oh, yeah. the, key, the key to that actually is very specific in terms of the listing agent can say, now we have a real buyer now, we're not just talking about telling everybody that walks in the door, but a real buyer say, look, we had an inspection done by a professional company, these things were repaired, these other things were not. And I want you to make your offer based on this information. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. Unless you find something substantially different than what we told you already, there's no renegotiations in escrow. Right. And, that, and I really like that. And in fact, there's, there's a particular agent out there, and I forget what their team is called, but they do this very aggressive but actually pretty effective thing where what they do is they basically get all the inspections done on the property, and then they invite any of the prospective buyers to come through on like a particular day. It's like open house day. And they say, come through and bring your own guys. And then you get 24 hours in which to review all of our inspection reports and then make your best and final offer as is. That's brilliant. Which is great it really because is. it just takes out all the all, all the unknowns. Absolutely. Um, but of course, what that means is that, is that the the agent has done a great job communicating with his client that this is the best way to get a frenzy of 
people through, but also he's communicated with his client, you're going to have to get these inspections out and lay out, you know, three, four, five, five thousand $5,000 to get everything, no stone unturned. But it's genius because yeah, what absolutely. it means is that effectively you'll get the like the best and final offers right out the gate. Absolutely. But you Absolutely. can you know you can just take the concept of if you're purchasing something and someone ha- hands you a full list of everything that they know about this property, which is done professionally, mm-hmm. your confidence level comes way up. Right. The buyer can confidently make an offer, saying, "Okay, well, knowing this information, here's my offer." And and it know. takes out that retrading thing, which is so ghastly for people when, like, you know, they think they're in a deal, but in fact, the the buyer has other motivations, and you know, exactly, yeah, yeah. The transparency and being above boards like that too sure goes a long way to show uh, that the seller, you know, and and the listing agent that their integrity is high, right, and that they are just they're 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 just trying to sell a piece of property, right? That's exactly, right. No, nothing trying to be. So here's an interesting question. We discussed this beforehand, and, and I, I felt like I touched upon something quite quite interesting for you guys. So as you know, us human beings, um, we tend to share common personality traits, right? So we fall into categories. So you're a D type or a C type. or, And of course, your inspectors also fall into these categories, right? So you can train them, and you can tell them how to be calm and measured and everything like that, but do you feel like part of your job is also uh, like as a matchmaker because <laughs> you're, you're, what, what you're trying to do is, is hook the best person up with the client or the customer so as to get to an easy resolution, right? And so it, it, it made me think it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword because you rely on the relationship with me, the agent, and I'm kind of your client – um, and brokers and agency of clients because we can bring you business. But at the same time, the, the client really is, is the, the guy or the gal buying the building. Are they the client or are they a customer? Explain that to me. Well, if you, if you actually look up the definition of client and customer, you'll see the similarities, but you'll also see that they're completely different. The real estate agents and the brokers are my clients. Okay. The people that I'm doing the home inspection for and who are writing me a check is my are my they, those are my customers. Um, very very important that the relationship is allowed to expand and develop between the home inspection company and the customer, the actual buyer or seller of the property. And you said something really interesting there because, like you talked about at the beginning, John, like in an ideal world, you'd actually have the customer call you guys as opposed to me calling you. I know who you are and mm. I like you, right. but, but my client may not. So, you know, it's, it's like it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity early on to establish that relationship. The beginning of the relationship. Right. Absolutely. Um, the relationship goes all the way through, uh, I would say, actually the first year of ownership. Oftentimes our clients, uh, when they have a relationship with us and it's, it's a communicative relationship, They'll find out that we recommend another home inspection about 11 months into their ownership, okay, because their one-year home warranty protection plan is about to expire. Mm. So we would, you know, we'd, or even a brand-new home, their one-year warranty is about to expire. Right. So we would love to come back and just sort of look at things in that unit of time 
and let them know how the house is developing, if you will, over that first year of ownership. <clears throat> so, they, so I'm your client, they're the customer, but then they become your client. Correct. Right. Yes. And so that's a neat, neat way of, of, of thinking about the fact that we're all like a team. We're all in it together. Absolutely. And so it, it, it behooves me to explain to my client that these guys are going to work with you and explain how they do what they do. That's not my job. That's their job. But then also build a relationship with these people. Because yeah. down the line, you know, when, I'm, when my job is done... You'll need to know that you can call on someone who knows the history of the building and and can be there for you, you know, a year down. That's 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 exactly exactly correct. Um, the real estate agents, obviously, they're the they're the conduit of the right. transaction, um, but there are all sorts of pods, if you will, inside this transaction, and each one has its own function, mm-hmm. and each one has to develop individually of the other. Right. And they all, in the end, they all come together as a group uh, in unison working together. As a, as a as team. As a team. As a team. Yeah. So we've touched on this and, and, and you know, we've heard the words being used throughout this podcast, but, but, but let's, let's sort of give me an example. So going from the sublime to the ridiculous, paint the picture for me for like your perfect deal. How, does it, how is it perfect and what is it that makes it perfect? John, yeah. you want to answer that? Or, well, either. Go ahead, Chris. My perfect deal uh, would be for the real estate agent to first place a call to me, particularly. Give me a little bit of background information on their client. As for, Are they a professional? Are they a first-time buyer? Um, and then what sort of property they're actually interested in. And I can help, as you were saying earlier, sort of tailor. Matchmake. Tailor matchmake, exactly. <laughs> the type of inspector. You mentioned Stan Tabar. He's pretty much good across the board, but I will tell you something. The professional buyer, I've got other inspectors who the professional buyer actually get along with a little bit better. A more D-type. A more like D, exactly. Yeah. The professional yeah. buyer wants certain things. Wants a bam, bam, bam. Bam, 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 yeah. bam. Communication's just so, you know, right. straight to the point, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. So if I have some background on who the buyer is and what type of property, I can definitely create that relationship. And then, of course, I have a vested interest in sort of following that thing all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, going back to what I said a little bit earlier, the thing that makes it perfect is the open communication, and a lot of it, you know, and often. So in other words, uh, allow the relationship with the inspector to blossom, if you will, mm-hmm. communicate about what's found in the report, mm-hmm. um, the agent stay doing what they're supposed to do, moving the transaction forward. If they have questions or they're getting stuck with a client who doesn't want to negotiate something, get the home inspector back involved. Right. Can we explain this a little bit further so that we can all get some agreement here, okay, to keep the transaction moving forward? Um, buyer and seller are already on board. They've already shaken hands. They, each one of them want the transaction to go through. It's actually easier to keep that transaction together than to have them go separate ways and start all new again. Right. You know? Right. So again, that communication and that that utilizing the members of your team uh, is makes makes things go very very smoothly. So, give me an example of something where there's really bad communication. Not your fault. Not my fault. Just it, it just it's the way it is, and and there's no real kind of team building kind of going on. What happens? I mean, give me an example of the the worst case scenario. 
Worst case where you scenario, don't have communication, you don't have team. Yeah. Things can derail real quick, right? Absolutely, uh, very, very quick. Uh, the worst case scenario is, is basically the, the, the client has this idea that the home inspection is just part of this whole thing and they have to do it. And that it really doesn't have any value in of itself. Mm-hmm. And that, that it doesn't need to be read. You know, there's no real information in here that's going to help anyway. So the client already has something that they're paying for sort of uh, begrudgingly, if you will, kind of getting this idea that they don't, you know, it doesn't matter, I'm buying as is, I don't care what's wrong with it, so forth and so on. But if they don't know that the entire sewer system is a mess and it needs to be replaced, yeah, you're buying as is, but you now have to spend $30,000 when you do purchase it. So then, of course, the, the, the buyer, unfortunately, oftentimes wants to blame somebody for that. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, this all started because there was no communication. There was no reading of the report. There was no questions asked of the inspector. The real estate agent never pushed his client to follow their own car documents in the buyer-seller's advisory, if you will, of getting the buyer or the client to do and wear their hat to do their job in this transaction. Um, and then, inevitably, my phone will ring. And I've got a I've got a client who's upset. Picking up the pieces. Yes, and I'm trying to trying to patch it back together. Yeah, and it and it basically it's because the communication broke down. The reports weren't read. The the if you will the 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 rules the guidelines they weren't followed. They weren't understood. Uh, and it just became sort of this fluff that one has to do. When the well, I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen very often. I think no. one of the one of the things that's great about you guys as well is because you. You know, you come into this office and you do, do and you do talks and seminars with with the agents, and and you're very good at communicating with us, so that then we can sort of prevent that scenario from happening. But I'm sure that must happen. You know, despite all of that, there must be occasional situations where it's occasional. Uh, things can it, it, go pear shaped. Yeah, pear shaped. I love that. It's occasional. It doesn't happen that often. Um, I believe that 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 you know most. Most of us in this industry know what we're doing, uh-huh. and I believe that most of us do have an idea that uh, communication and transparency, if you will, disclosure, is really the key uh, to any real estate transaction. If anything's known about, when you really look at all the parties involved, if that thing is known, protection is then offered for all parties. Great. It's not being hidden behind one's back, and these people don't know, but this guy does. If it's known about, it offers protection for everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today on Luke Jones Real Estate, podcasting with the real estate experts.